You have to ask yourself, how bad do you want it? What do you, you know, how are you, are you hungry? Mm-hmm. You know, I want someone who's listening to this to ask yourself, are you hungry? How do you feel like when you're starving? And for real, I want you to ask yourself, are you starving? It's one thing to be hungry, right? But when you're starving, you get that certain pain when you're starving. So do you have that? But whatever it is that you want to accomplish, do you have that? Turn it up a little louder. Put yourself, put yourself on. What does that mean? The Hustlers How-To Guide to Self-Made Success. Hey, turn this up, fam. Turn up right now. Free smoke, free smoke, ay. Free smoke, free smoke. TheBobbyPan.com. That's cool. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to Your Hustler's How-To Guide to Self-Made Success. I'm your host, Bobby Penn, and this is another episode of the Put Yourself On Podcast. This week, I bring before you the only right way to kick off Women's History Month, a powerful millennial businesswoman who I've watched um, just grind it out for years now. Man, I'm thinking we met in like 2012. That feels about right. Mm-hmm. So we're like yeah. six years in and I've watched you transition in corporate America and then transition out and kill it as an entrepreneur. So I'm talking about none other than Candice Nicole PR. Hey, Candice. Hey, Lauren. Oh, my gosh. I'm so proud of you. Can I start there? <laughs> Thank you. But I mean, I'm proud of you, too, though. Like, I really, appreciate I it. am. <laughs> Yeah. I've I've seen you know what what you've done like leaving DC and was it was Dallas right Dallas mm-hmm. and then um right was it Dallas yeah I went to Dallas yeah Dallas and then you know St Louis now and what whatever else is you know waiting for you you know <laughs> no I, I appreciate um, it <laughs> yeah no no I am super proud of you as well. Well, watching you has definitely been an inspiration. So for those who don't know your journey, um, I guess let's backtrack. What first made you interested in publicity at all? So I guess you could say it actually, it happened from me just wanting to change my major. So I graduated from Morgan State University in 2007. So I entered college. Ooh, I'm like dating myself. Uh, 2002. <laughs> And I actually was a photographic media major. A lot of people don't know that about me. I did not know that. And yeah, I wanted to be a professional photographer. And my thing was going to be black and white photography. For the longest time, I did not want a digital um, camera. (laughs) I literally, I still have my old camera that does not have a light on it. You still have to load the film into it. Wow. And I literally just wanted them to just put me in a dark room. And, and of course, as you know, anyone knows, you know, really before you get into your major, you have all these prerequisites and it was all these um, art classes. And I love the arts, but I, it's not for me. I'm not the best drawer and it's going to be very um, challenging situation. And I said, you know what, this is not going to work all these years. So I went to the catalog and I said, you know what, let's do communications. And it's because they only needed Math 109, keeping it real. <laughs> and because math wasn't my thing. Yes, <laughs> and um, and I said, you know, I don't want to do radio. I just felt like it was going to keep me in radio. And then, you know, broadcast, it's like, it's just going to keep me there. And they had the concentration of public relations. And I started to look into it. And I said, oh, well, I wanted to, you know, I love the entertainment industry. And I said, oh, well, I can do PR for the entertainment industry. But if I wanted to segue into hospitality, if I wanted to, work with, you know, you know, uh, corporations, if I wanted to work for, um, uh, what is it, sports, you know what I mean? You could do it in a lot of different industries. And so that's literally how it happened. However, when I started to, you know, take the classes and um, work on certain campaigns while in college, that's when I really said, you know what, this is for me. And it just ended up becoming my passion. Nice. So tell me, okay, what is publicity or public relations? Because, I get emails and I watch people online talk about needing a PR, which is an improper term. So for people who yes. don't get it, like what is public relations? The public relations is that's 
what you do, right? And so a lot, and I don't know where that um, that term came from. I need a PR. And it's, it's interesting because I had this, um, a client of mine who is in London and she actually told me, she said, you know, that's something that they say over here across the pond as well. So I don't know where, where it came from, but publicity, that is basically in a nutshell, layman's terms, is that you're getting the word out about a person, you know, or product or let's say an event that is going on. So if there is a, um, I don't know, someone is launching this a, a new nail salon, they're opening a new nail salon, right? And they have Cardi B, let's say they're in Charlotte and she's going to be hosting it. Then let's say they would hire me and I would build up the buzz around this um, this nail salon, handle the press release, issue it out to um, local media, uh, even national media. And it's because Cardi B would be here. So that would immediately make it national. And so they would probably want to get the pictures. And if they have any correspondence here, right, if it was a, a national media outlet, then they would be interested um, in that as well. So basically publicity, we are getting the word out about what it is that you're doing, getting you that visibility and telling your story. Now, what's the difference between that and marketing? Because it sounds really similar. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's it's um, Especially now like with a, social media. This wasn't more so like a workshop. I talked to a women's cohort in Charlotte about that about the difference in marketing and marketing is what did I tell them? I'm trying to think and this is off the top of my head. Publicity is something that it takes time, right? Every, everyone, well, not everyone knows, but it takes time to, to build a buzz, especially if it's something new. So publicity will take time. Marketing, you're more so you're going to get that ROI, which is, you know, the return on investment there. And it's because you're, your marketing plan is going to break down. How are we going to market this to the audience? What is our price point going to be, you know, down to just like, you know, your packaging and, you know, your demo. That's like knowing, knowing your market. Uh, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. However, in the same breath, it can, they actually work very well together. If you can, you know, if you want to, I guess, fuse, right. Fuse PR and marketing together. And that's why people think it is the same thing. And it's because you will come across marketing individuals that they will um, break out the marketing plan for you. This is how we're going to market, you know, to the audience. These are the steps that we're going to take um, to market you or market this event or market the product. However, they're not going to write the press release and get the word out about it, if, if that makes sense. Right. And then a PR person, you bring them into the mold. Um, some of them they will actually, they can handle the PR for you. So get your press release together or media alert, depending on, you know, what it needs. Get that out to the public and the media. Craft your story. Tell your story. Get you some interviews, you know, some features and highlights. But then they can also assist you with the marketing campaign as well. Um, if that made any sense to you. It's just, one takes just a little bit more, more time and one, you're going to get the results right there on your return. I definitely think I understand, and I just wanted to get that out the way early on um, so that when people continue to listen, they can have that point of reference and and clarity. Mm -hmm. So with that said, because it takes time and relationships and experience to even know which publications or whatever you're trying to pitch your client to, how do you even Mm -hmm. break into the industry? Like, Tell me about how um, you're out of college and then you land at BET, because that's the earliest... Um, I guess, professional memory that I have of you. So what was that middle period? How did you get to BET? So, you know, that was definitely a blessing. Um, Actually, I went to school with Anwa Kong. I know that you already, um, you know, had him on your show. So we actually went to Morgan State together. And so we were in contact. He actually graduated um, a year before, before I did. And then I also had my auntie Marina. She worked there at the time. So it, it helps, you know, to have a, a healthy network. It helps to know people, <laughs> as, you know, many people will always say, especially in that, you know, that entertainment space. But that's how I ended up at, at BET. They had an opening um, in the traffic department. That's actually, hopefully, Aunt won't, won't mind me sharing this, but we were in the traffic department together and that you deal, um, you deal with the commercials. And I knew that if I could just, get my foot in the building and you know I knew a little bit about when it came to commercials you know you know with the courses that we took 
in, um, you know, in college, but that's how I ended up there. You know, them actually putting in a good word. I literally went to the interview and the director said, well, you know, I know we're here interviewing you, but I feel like I should just hire you because everyone just speaks so highly of you. Wow. <laughs> and I said, well, well, thank you. But yeah, but that's, that's how BET. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, um, you, you gave me a good talking point right there. So I get messages from young people who are interested in moving up in their careers and definitely the young people that I work with want to know how to navigate within a corporate structure, right? You come in in this position, but you really want to move to another department. What what would be some suggestions you have for how to do that? Right. So definitely when I came in, cause, because I was in traffic and of course that's not anything that I wanted to turn into a career. Of course, I just used that as, you know, a stepping stone. And so, okay, well, let me say this. So if you're in corporate, number one, you have, you have to know the, the, the structure of whatever, you know, company that you're in. You have to know certain things, the protocol, what you can do and, and not do. And it's because you don't want to do anything that is actually against the rules, number one, because you don't want to get fired, right? And so you need to, to, to know that about your company. Uh, but what I did, and it's because my auntie, she actually was, she was the director of, director of marketing events for the ECJ, right? No, was it Jazz? It was yep. Jazz and it went to J, then it went to Central. Okay, so at the time, when I started there, which was in 07? No. Yeah, when did I graduate? 07, yeah. So it was 07, and I, August 07, I started at BET. It was BET Jazz. Then it went to J, and then when it turned into Centric, that's when they actually released um the DC staff there. And so I went over to her department sometimes, you know, when I had a break or during my lunch and I would talk to her, of course, she introduced me to um, the director of special events and started to, um, you know, start a relationship with her and, Hey, you know, do you guys ever need any assistance? Because if there's anything I can assist with, then I would take off work. And so that's how I want to say that's how I worked with them with BET Honors, um, BET Ripped the Runway. Um, prior to me actually working at BET through my auntie, I was able to do um, the 2006 BET Awards. And then I did the first ever BET Hip Hop Awards in 2006. It was like fall 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, Atlanta at the Fox Theater. Um, <laughs> prior to, right, me actually working there. So I already had those two two events, major um, award shows under my belt. And so with the other ones, I was just able to work through special events. However, I did have to, you know, take time off. And so I was, I was willing to do that. And sometimes, depending on your situation, if you take off, sometimes you're not going to get paid. Mm-hmm. But you have to look at it, okay, well, how is this going to benefit me? And if you're like, look, this is where I want it, where I want to be, then, you know, you'll, you know, make that sacrifice. Yeah. So, but I made it, I made it clear whenever you did my like evaluations of what I wanted to do, I, there wasn't anyone there who knew that I wanted to make, you know, traffic, um, my career. Now, if you're someone that wants to get into sales, yeah, definitely start as a, you know, traffic coordinator, you can move on up, you know, manager and become everything in that sales but that just wasn't me. Like they knew that I had my, you know, that I had a PR company and, and stuff of that nature, but it wasn't, it wasn't a problem. However, I was at BET. Not everyone is that in my environment for me being that still was corporate. It was totally different than anyone else's. So yeah. they definitely spoiled me um, with the corporate, I guess you could say, because we had red cup parties. <laughs> oh, um, they had fun. like, company cookouts in the summertime so it was you know St. Patrick's Day was it was really great so it was just a different dynamic there Uh, but that's what you want to do is basically you do want to network but you but you want to make sure and be intentional with your networking don't come across you know too strong let them know that hey I'm here if you want any suggestions or need some extra help especially if it's something that you can do on the weekend where you won't even have to tell you know, say your coworker or your director, what it is that you're doing, because technically you're, you're, you know, you're off the clock. Um, but at the same time, you do want to make sure that it's not going to be a conflict of interest. So just be careful. Gotcha. Okay. Appreciate that. <laughs> so, um, 
Where do I want to go? I think I'm going to ask, what is it like or what had it been in your experience juggling being, you know, your small business as well as holding down a full-time job? Okay, repeat that, repeat that again, the last question. What was your experience holding down a full-time job while building up your business, your personal business? Yeah, so definitely was exciting. Um, it definitely was, it was a challenge. And it's because there would be times where I need to leave work at a certain time, but because, I don't know, emergency came down the pipe, I can't leave because I have to, I have to swap out this commercial. Like this literally like happened happened to me. Um, you know when that whole Chris Brown situation um, happened in '09 with him and Rihanna. Okay, yeah. So, if you remember, he had that commercial. I think that double that double mint commercial, the gum commercial. Oh yeah, he was dancing. Right. <laughs> well, they uh, double mint. You know the chewing gum people said, "Oh, we're pulling that immediately." <sighs> and so we were there. So like nine o'clock at night, we got the word from sales and said that, yeah, so you guys cannot leave. And that actually happened to be one of my accounts. <laughs> oh. So I could not leave that log editor for that specific, you know, the next day could not leave. Um, and it's because they had to wait. We had to wait until they sent us on instructions on what commercial to replace. Mm-hmm. And it was it was very important because if it did air, number one, it would be a discrepancy situation, but it was going to turn into a whole legal situation as well. And so but I had like an event that I had to attend for a client. And so I was late getting there, but it it wasn't anything I could do about it because hello, this is my job Mm -hmm. and come first because this is, you know, paying, um, you know, my, my bills. And at the time, even in 09, because I started my business in 2007, I still very much was working for clients and it was for free because at the t- I was still just, you know, building my name. Mm-hmm. And so I had to say, okay, well, I have to stay here. So, it was a, you know, it was a challenge. It was a sacrifice. It was, it was a lot. And it's because I would come there, I'm thinking about work, but then I'm also thinking about clients. Um, it was a blessing it's because I worked off of two screens there. So I was able to, you know, check email. I could do it on my phone, but I could also just, you know, go into my Gmail account and check it as well while I was at work. Um, but it was a lot. It was definitely multitasking, definitely a lot of evenings of me bringing my clothes, my clothes in, leaving in the car when I technically clock out, uh, would go out to my car, <laughs> get my clothes, and then just go to the bathroom, like in the lobby area, put on my makeup, you know, spruce up the hair a little bit, perfume, change my clothes, and, and I'm out to an event and then sometimes I don't get back home till like two three o'clock in the morning and I have to be at work at nine but you got to ask yourself how bad do you want it yeah it's the same thing of when I would you know get off work early say I had a doctor's appointment or whatever and I would go up to New York for a city of chiefs I don't know if anyone who's going to be tuning into this has ever heard of city of chiefs it's kind of like an an OG thing but K connect (laughs) Love her. I She's still doing her thing in New York. She started that. And that's actually, I guess you could say, how my my career started in the entertainment was in New York, of me going up there. It was a sacrifice. I would leave like one, two o'clock, four hours on the road. Me and my girlfriend, Megan, Megan D, uh, we would be in the car. Sometimes she would pick me up. I would pick her up on the way because she was in Baltimore. And we would go to New York. We would network, meet some heavy hitters up there, leave there about like midnight, one o'clock get home, get like three hours of sleep and have to be at work the next day. Mm. A lot so, of successful people yep, have stories. Like you have that. to ask yourself, how bad do you want it? What do you, you know, how are you, are you hungry? Mm-hmm. You know, I want someone who's listening to this to ask yourself, are you hungry? How do you feel like when you're starving? And for real, I want you to ask yourself, are you starving? It's one thing to be hungry, right? But when you're starving, you get that certain pain when you're starving. So do you have that? But whatever it is that you want to accomplish, do you have that? And you have to have that because if you're interested in entertainment, it is not just going to fall into your lap. It's not. I know certain stories that people hear, right time, right place. That's great. That happens to some people, but for majority of people, it does not. 
And so you have to create your own. You have to go out there. You have to get it. But you have to be starving for that success. Mm, starving. I love that. That reminds me of um, a story I heard with actor Laz Alonzo. He was on a panel mm-hmm. at um, the African-American festival that happens in Baltimore every year. I can't think of what it's originally called. Um, mm-hmm. But the point is, he, he was just saying how he got his start in acting. Fortunate for him, he had a degree in finance. So he took a position in on Wall Street just to be in New York. Mm-hmm. The, the goal was never to be like a mm-hmm. successful broker. He just wanted to be in New York, and that was his way of doing it. So he would go to casting calls or be on set of films well into the morning, like you said, to where he, his only option would be to come back to his office and just sleep there and then wake up as if you know he had gone home and came back ready for right. a new day. So I just I love stories like that. And like I said, the, and that's just one example. But a lot of people that I've met were just from reading their biographies or what have you, listening to interviews. They have stories of, like you said, that hunger, that starving, that that need, mm-hmm. that burning desire that like nothing is going to stand in their way and they're willing to make those sacrifices. So I think that says mm-hmm. a lot, um, which moves us to how um you made your way to Fox for a little bit, local Fox affiliate, and then you made a mm-hmm. really, what I would imagine to be a very tough decision, you know what I mean, to completely walk away mm-hmm. from corporate America and um, be prepared to sustain yourself can't be an easy decision. So tell me what that process was like. How did you even come to know that it was time for you to to step out on faith and, and go hard for your business? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so my last, you know, and yeah, definitely it's going to be my last job ever, um, in corporate America, unless, I mean, just this amazing opportunity comes my way and I'd be crazy not to take it, but it would have to be like a contract type of situation, right? Yeah, <laughs> if yeah. I go back to some type of like office, but I went back to Fox and it's because what I'm 34 now. I think I was what 30. And I said, you know what? Look, and here's another thing. I'm very, very honest. Lauren, you know that I am. Mm. I was still living at home. I'm not ashamed mm-hmm. to say that I took a different route. There's a lot of people right now that are, you're going to be listening to this and you're well into your late twenties, you're well into your thirties and you're still living at someone's house. That is fine. Don't let anybody beat you up about still <laughs> living at home is different. Okay. The times have definitely changed and also depending on the route that you decided. If I would have went the more businessy route, I probably would have been out like in my twenties and everything. Right. But I didn't, I took more of the entertainment and, you know, you don't get paid that much money. So here I am 30. I'm like, I need to get my own apartment and I want to get on my own. And so that's why I took the job. And it's because it would give me that steady um, every two weeks, you know, paycheck. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have benefits. <laughs> I would have that pay stuff. So when I go to apply to uh, to an apartment, they would know exactly, you know, uh, how much money I was making. It, it would just simplify a lot of things. And so that's why I did that. And so I started that March 2014, and I left there June 19, 2015. So I did like a year and, and some and some change. And so leading up to me making that decision, I was very uncomfortable there. I did not care for my director. She was just a bitter woman. I don't know. She always just came in there with an attitude. I just... I didn't understand. If you don't like your job, then like leave. She's been doing it for like 30 years. Say it and louder for the people in the back. <laughs> like she just, I mean, you know, I just don't know why she was there. And, you know, she was married. People were telling me like, I don't even know why she's here. You know, her husband is well off, whatever. Right. I don't know. Maybe she's trying to escape him. I don't know. But she just made it just toxic to be in there. I was like listening to my Kirk Franklin Pandora station every day. I sometimes would like go to my car um, at lunch and cry or I find a pri- private bathroom and cry. And it's because it was stressing me out. And mm-hmm. I was just like, God, this is, this is not me. This is, this cannot be life. I did not go to school, uh, you know, for this. I do not have all these connections for this. I've not worked with all of these people, right. For this to, to be here in this. Mm-hmm. And, um, what happened was that I believe that he brought this um, situation and placed it, you know, in, in my view. So it would remind me of Candace, you know, you need, you need to go. And someone approached me about this reality show and it was going to be about positive women, you know, black women um, 
you know, who are running their businesses and, and everything. It wasn't going to be any drama. And I'm like, okay, okay, this sounds awesome. But they were going to be doing taping in Atlanta for a week um, in the summer. And I'm like, man, it was, it was mandatory. I'm like, man, okay. I think, I don't know, this is around like March, April, because I actually was starting to look for other jobs, right? Because I just had to get out of this one. And, um, but I wasn't getting the feed, you know, the, the callbacks and everything. And I'm like, I know what I'm doing with PR. I work with, by then I work with Spike Lee. I work with, you know, um, with Discovery, just all these different people. And because I didn't have agency experience, put, put the, you know, invisible quotes, you know, agency experience, they didn't want to talk to me. But I'm like, but I, I do everything that you guys do, you know, plus more. I just do it on my own. But anywho, so this came into, you know, um, you know, into my eyesight. And so it caught my attention. And so, but I had to make a decision. It was going to be mandatory that we had to be in Atlanta for the taping, right? Mm-hmm. And so I had to make a decision. I even talked to HR that if I come in earlier, leave late, would that, could I possibly make up for the time, right? When I would have to be absent. And they said, no. Um, at the same time, I got hired by this, um, by this agency to handle um, PR for this uh, designer in the area. So I knew I would have that money coming in. And then I think they also hired me for another freelance situation too, right? Where I knew that I would have that money coming in. So here I am, I'm like, all right. So you're going to have to make a decision. Mind you, I'm now in my apartment because that's why I took this job, right? Because I wanted to get into my own apartment. Mm-hmm. So I have my own apartment, downtown Silver Spring. For those of you that are not in the D.C. area, it's it's like, you know, you get the city life without the Washington, D.C. rent. <laughs> and I was in a, you know, mid, you know, high rise, had my own parking spot. We had concierge, right? So I legit have bills. And I'm like, all right, Candace, you're going to have to make a decision. And... I said, okay, well, I'm going down there to do the taping, right? Because I said, I'm going I'm to be strategic. And it was, what, June 5th that I went in and I put in my two weeks. Not once did that director ask me, why are you leaving? Oh, my goodness. See? Okay. <laughs> that was it. And my last day was June 19th. And on June 20th, I was on the plane to Atlanta to do taping for this reality show. But see, the thing, what is so beautiful, and that's why I knew this was God sent, is that June 20th, 2007, that's when I started my company of CNPR at Love Nightclub in Washington, D.C. Mm. So everything just, it made sense. Yeah. Um, especially once I made my way to Atlanta, and this whole thing just ended up being a complete club so actually my first week being an entrepreneur i was in atlanta thank god for my aunt b um something was going on at her condo she's in atlanta in midtown so she said well i'm just going to put you up in a w i was like hey (laughs) and um she did and i literally spent like the whole week in atlanta at the w um midtown and that was my first week of being an entrepreneur so yeah it was a lot it was um it was a huge risk. Um, and I will say this because I know someone's probably thinking, well, maybe she had a, you know, this huge, like this savings. Absolutely not. Um, did not have like this drawn out business plan. Uh, I just knew that I knew I believed in myself. I knew of uh, the knowledge that I had in my noggin and I had faith that God would, he would not have brought me this far to just drop me. Mm-hmm. And you know, here we are today, you know? Yeah. Like almost three years, it'll be, you know, that I've been a full-time entrepreneur and it's, it's been tough ups and downs, crying, um, borrowing money. Like, <laughs> you know, anyone who's an entrepreneur, you've been there. God. You should never be ashamed of, you know, sharing that with people. So I think people, they're like, well, you're an entrepreneur, you know, you're making all this money. It's like, no, sometimes you don't know uh, how you're going to pay your bills of how I'm going to pay my phone bill. And this is how people get in contact with contact with me to get my services because, you know, it fluctuates, your money fluctuates. So it's always been ups and downs, but it's, um, it has been a blessing. I would not trade this for anything. 
I, I love it. So tell me about how um, you've been able to expand. So beyond being superstar publicist, and I'm going to get to um, one particular accolade that you were most recently awarded. But before I get there, you have become a published author. Um, you have consultations and you coach. Tell me about the decision to and I guess how to know when it's time to scale your business, if that's even the right word, right? Like how to expand and offer more. Yeah, so I'm actually in the process of really wanting to to scale, and that's going to be on the more virtual side um, with what I'm going to be um, pushing out for second quarter. So I think for everyone, it's, you know, it's, it's different. when you, I, I guess you start to get that itch. And um, also, I believe that you have to look at the trends. And so why I've been releasing more digital product and wanting to create, you know, this new program that I have with under CNPR it's because a lot of people, number one, they they want to do a lot of things, right? A lot of people just don't want to do a lot of things. So they're not going to be spending a whole lot of money in just one particular area. That's just not what they're doing right now. And so, but a lot of people are reinvesting the money that they receive back into their company. So they don't have this $2,500, $3,000 a month to pay you or where they were so comfortable in writing that check or you know, swiping the cars for that a month. And I get it, right? So you have to look at what's, uh, what's going on and people are more so into DIY and they, well, I have no problem in doing it myself. I just don't know how to do it, right? And so what do you do is you create, you see the problem, you create the solution. That's always been me anyways. Um, but that really, really started to really um, poke out at me like a couple years ago because I was tired of complaining about certain things I was seeing. I was seeing all these issues and I said, you know what, Candace? Don't sit in here and contact another publicist and vent to them. Yeah, you could do that, but be the one that's going to create a solution. Uh, always be the one that wants to constantly reinvent, your, reinvent yourself. And that's what I've always, always done. You know, people ask me, oh, how would you, you know, you're still relevant and, and the branding. It's because I think you should like reinvent yourself like maybe like every year. There should be something new that you're launching out of yourself. I don't understand how you just be still doing the same thing year after year after year. There has to be some, some more creativeness like inside of you that you need to share to the world, right? Mm-hmm. And it's because you shouldn't want to, you know, hold on to everything that you have inside. So everyone is different, but I know for me, I just wanted to bring in number one, other streams of income. Um, but I was just seeing just the different trends of what people were, were, um, were showing me as I was seeing, right? And then what they were telling me as well. So I would have these discovery calls, really great. They're doing awesome things. Send over the proposal. This looks great, Candace, but I cannot pay you that per month. And, you know, this is more so my budget. So instead of me trying to fit the whole enchilada into their budget, it's going down to, okay, you just tailor mm-hmm. something, a specific package for them. So someone says, okay, my budget is $800 a month then maybe that's going to be four calls a month and a couple pitches and a PR, right? You have to decide what that's going to be. And if you're a graphic designer, you have to decide. If someone says, well, my budget, I know I can pay you, Lauren, $500 a month. You have to figure figure out what that 500 is going to be for you. Right. Instead of maybe your top tier is 2,500, you're not trying to fit that whole enchilada into this. Maybe it's going to be, I don't know, for social media templates, whatever, consultation. You know what I mean? Right. You have to decide. Um, but, but that's, so every, you know, to answer your question, I know I said a lot, but it's different for every person. Um, but for me, it was just really looking at the trends of, of what the wants and the needs are from, I guess you could say, my, my community. I love it. I love it. So you recently, <laughs> like less than a year ago, packed up and decided to move away from home. Tell me what led to that decision and how are you making it now? I know a lot of people who have turned down opportunities or are just afraid to just go away because you know their resources, their network, their family is in one place. So tell mm-hmm. me what that experience has been like for you. So this was this has been the best move um, ever. Um, all, all of this goes to my boyfriend, Elle. And it's because if it was if it wasn't for him, I would not be here in Charlotte. I'm in Charlotte now. 
Um, <clears throat> and it's because I was the person, no, I can stay in, you know, DC area, we're a top 10 market. Everyone comes through here. <laughs> you know, I can fly everywhere else. I was not thinking about moving. Um, but it was him that was talking about moving and just talking about Atlanta. And I'm like, you know, I was like, you know, I want to be with this man. And, you know, we've talked about things and I'm like, but I'm not moving to Atlanta. I said, it's going to be like moving from DC to DC. <laughs> I said, no, that I just, I don't, you know, I just didn't want to do that. And I, I believe I was the one that brought up, you know, Charlotte and we legit did research. We came down here for a week and we, you know, checked it out. We joined some group me, um, chats just to, you know, get the vibe of everyone. What, what did they want? You know, was it more parties or excuse me, was it more events? And we looked at the trends. We looked at um, how it was for millennials. And um, before we actually moved here, like when we moved here, I actually do not think we realized of how much of a great market it was for entrepreneurs, but especially black entrepreneurs. Um, but just entrepreneurs as a whole, look, it's, it's an open market. It's a, it's a big old playground. If you ask me, <laughs> you know, um, it's awesome down here. And so that was a, a huge, a huge step, uh, definitely a risk. Um, we both have family, you know, in this area, but it's just, it's just us down here and we've been doing great things. I, I truly believe that like within three months being here, I was contacted by a VP who works for the Hornets. Uh, the basketball team, NBA basketball team, and they brought me in to do a workshop on social media. Wow. Like, huh? Like within three months of me being here. So it's just blessings. There's yeah, so many opportunities. I, I had a successful launch with women who hustle in Charlotte, over 500 RCPs, um, actually over 250 actually showed up within 30 days. Um, we had a sold out event, um, booze and bingo in Charlotte. We did that within 30 days of being here. Wow. So it's just, it's a, it's a great market. And I think that um, this, I think this may actually trump me actually deciding um, to become a full-time <laughs> entrepreneur. <laughs> and it's because I left everything that I knew, you know, I was an influencer in DC. Lauren, you know, you know, yeah. the whole thing being in DC, being an influencer, getting an invite to, you know, exclusive events and That's you just know, know everyone you feel comfortable <laughs> and then you're going to a new market and I'm like, okay, well, where are the influencers? Where are these? And they don't, they don't do the same things like we did in DC. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's different, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot slower, but it's not as slow as people think. I will say that. And a lot of people are still sleeping on Charlotte. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been awesome being here and I, I love it. And I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm here to stay. I know he said, we're going to be here for like another 10 years. <laughs> and I said, okay. I mean, it's, it's just a growing market. It's just, it's great. It's great. I'd bet it's a really great place to raise a family too. Hmm. Yeah, no, it, it, it definitely is. And see, the funny thing is actually, even before I met him, I said, I mean, years ago, I would say, well, if I ever did move, I said, I will move to Charlotte because it's a great place to raise a family. Because my uncle has been down here for 20 years. So I didn't know that about Charlotte. That is like family, you know, like a family town. And look, here we are in, uh, in Charlotte. But <laughs> it's great. But I also will say that you have to be willing to, to bet on yourself. And because if you don't, if you are not willing to bet on yourself, then how in the world can you expect others to want to bet on you? Mm. That's really, really. So you have to be your own number one fan. Okay. You have to be ready to toot your horn. Stop thinking about that. You're bragging about something. No, if you're doing awesome things, you let people know that you're doing awesome things because maybe it will inspire someone that needs some inspiration. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, they have problems with letting people know, of what it is that they're doing in life or just their career. No, you better let these people know what you're doing <laughs> because you're going to inspire someone because you never know who is like, has not smiled today because mm. they're feeling down about what else is going on. But they see, you know, some greatness happening in your life and they're like, man, I needed that confirmation to keep on going. That's you know, true. that's why I share, you know, certain things, you know, in my life, it's not to boast. It's to, it's to inspire 
But I will say you have to be willing to take a risk on yourself. And you just, you don't know what you're made of. I, I, I still sometimes I sit in this room, like right now, and I'm looking out, you know, into to the dining room area. And I'm like, am I really in a different apartment? Am I really in a different city, different county, a different state? And it's like, you are. And it's because you decided to bet on yourself and know that you can succeed anywhere you go. You mm-hmm. have to always tell yourself that, right? A lot of people say, well, if I go there, I'm not going to be as successful. Yes, you are. But you have to be willing to put in the work. Yep. Okay? You have to be willing to do the research. Get out there and get to know the people, you know, where you are moving to or interested in moving, whatever, if someone wants to move. But you have to be willing with everything that you do. You have to be willing to put in the work. Do the work. That's what Ivania Vincent says. Do the work. Yeah, stop being lazy. It's too too many lazy people and it drives me nuts. It irks my soul. Literally. That's the fire sign in here. (laughs) We don't play that. They're lazy. But yeah. But yeah, I definitely um, wanted to know how that experience has been going. And I love that that question allowed you to open up a little bit about your personal life, so I'm gonna go all the way in. How has it been being an mm-hmm. entrepreneur and dating? Right, like I feel like sometimes it's hard for us, especially women, um, mm-hmm. to make the time and find the time to take care of ourselves, especially when we're managing a business and in a relationship or whatnot. So, how, what's mm-hmm. the key to managing that, to not neglecting your relationship, but at the same time not neglecting your business? You know, how's that been mm-hmm. working out? I would say you have to involve them in what it is that you're doing. So, so okay, so then you want to make sure that the person that you are dating, that they are genuinely, number one, that they understand who you are and what you do and what are your goals in life, right? Because a lot of people say, well, I think, I, you know, I need to find another entrepreneur. Look, an entrepreneur and someone who's in a nine to five, it can work. But the person who who's in the nine to five, they have to respect what it is that you do and, and understand because they may have actually always wanted to be in that nine to five working at Apple, right? That's their dream. But they have to understand that you you know you do something different. It can work. Um, but I will say that with him, uh, because you know my boyfriend, he is you know for those of you, he is an entrepreneur as well. It has I definitely saw <laughs> saw a difference because in my past situationships um, and relationships, those individuals have, you know, had a nine to five. And it's definitely been something that has been, you know, a struggle of them wanting to complain about what so-and-so was doing. And they really don't understand that I need to be out at maybe to two in the morning. And this is back when I, you know, when I was heavy, heavy in the uh, entertainment industry, events go to two or three o'clock in the morning and it's a problem. Um, and they really just don't, they don't come out to support because maybe their shift is at this time, right? It was just, just a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it's definitely been different of actually working, working, not working, being in a relationship, even though you do have to work, of course, being in a relationship with someone who is also an entrepreneur as well. And so I will not say it's this blueprint or anything, but I do think the the main thing is that I do involve him in my business. I ask him, you know, I tell him about my clients and, hey, I'm thinking about doing this and he's definitely um supported me at events has helped me load in to load out uh, printing papers <laughs> that i need if i need it um he's definitely been on my assembly line right so i have involved him in my business he understands what i do uh, just today i was in the room working he was on a call with one of his frat brothers who's interested in getting in into pr and he was basically like Selling himself, selling me to the frat brother, she does this, and I think she's looking for interns, and I'll let her know. Like, he understands nice. what I do, yeah. but then also, he involves me in what he's doing. You know, he's working on a huge project right now, and he's asking me for my feedback. So I feel like I'm a part of what he's doing, because I think that's a thing, um, you know, with balancing just work or just entrepreneurship and love, it's like, how do you... How do you balance things out? Well, you want to know what each other is doing. So I do think involving one another and what you're doing is best. But then also, you have to have your date night. 
like tomorrow night. I was like, hey, do you have anything um, uh, planned for tomorrow night? CIAA is actually happening right now in Charlotte. Um, it's because the owner from a venue reached out to me and said, hey, I have two tickets. He said, Raheem Devon is going to be in town. I was like, cool, put us on the list. So we're going to have a date night. And I'm not going to bring up anything pertaining to business. I'm pretty sure he's not going to bring up anything as well. And we're just going to enjoy, like, have a drink, eat, and listen to someone from the home team, you know, tomorrow night. And so you have to have that time where it just is you too, whether it's watching TV, going to the movies, people watching, whatever it is. And I always want to sit around and talk about business. Now, this is for people who are in situations with entrepreneur, entrepreneur. Um. It can be a challenge, though, and it's because sometimes all you want to do is talk about your business, right? Because you love what it is that you do. Um, but it's definitely work. Um, but you do have to, you have to involve them, and you still have to make, have those date nights always. Yeah. It's like multi- multitasking, if that makes sense. <laughs> when you're in relationships, it's, you have to multitask, you know, different, different things. But, um, or even creating boundaries is what I hear, too. Yeah. You do. You have to. Because sometimes, you know, I just, I don't want to talk about business. I, I can't. Because yeah. I've been doing it all day. And so if he wants to, and the same thing for him. If he's been on calls all day and it's like 11 o'clock and I want to talk about, hey, you know, let's talk, I want to talk about XYZ of going on with this proposal over here. He may not want to hear it. Yeah. And that's totally fine. You have to be okay with that. So boundaries, but it's, you know, it's definitely work. Um, but if you want to make it work, then you, then you definitely will. Communication. I'll say that, too. Yes. I'm so happy for you, sis. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's, it's a blessing, though. It, it, is, it is a blessing. No, I, I, I just... Listening to your story is exciting and encouraging and inspiring. So I appreciate you for sharing this time with me. And I know my listeners, my pen pals, are really going to appreciate this. Um, you covered all the bases. So make sure you tell people where they can keep up. Wait, 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 wait. I can't yeah. let you go until I ask you about being um, named top millennial pu- publicist for Huffington Post. Like what? Congratulations. Tell me how that came oh, about. thank you. <laughs> yes. Um, that was a blessing. Um, I was contacted and I was like, what? Is this really life? Because it was going to be my second time being in the Huff Post. But it's because of the title. And let me tell you, that has been, I mean, shout out to um, uh, uh, Antoinette and um, Gwen. And it's because it's just been amazing for them, you know, you know, both putting their, you know, their heads together and suggesting me because I had a lot of people even, even now. Yeah, I, I saw your name, you know, I saw the article <laughs> where you were, you know, listed as top 25. So that was just a complete blessing and just. And just very humbling. It's a humbling experience. It won't ever, um, I don't, won't get, um, I don't think I'll ever get to the point where it's like, oh, okay, another interview, right? No, <laughs> I'm always grateful. I'm always excited to, to talk to people, to tell them my story, to inspire you asking me all these questions. I'm just grateful for it because I think it's, it's cool that people actually want to hear about me and, and, what I've, and what I've done. And sometimes actually will say, it's not until I start talking about myself to someone where I say, dad, girl, you're, you're pretty cool. Like <laughs> you've done some cool stuff. You know what I mean? But yeah. So that I like was, that. Um, it's that important to pat yourself honor. on the back. I like yeah. that you shared that just now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because you just don't, you know, cause you're you, right? Like you've done some amazing things. Lauren. Like I literally have seen you grow, you know, Bobby tend to like where it is. Literally, I feel. And um, you did, yeah. From but the you don't realize that until someone's going to be interviewing you, asking you certain things where you're like, I interviewed who and who? Whoa, that person? I have that person's number in my phone now? Like, really, you don't realize that until you start talking about yourself and you're like, you know what? I'm a pretty awesome person. So, yeah. But I will say that to you, Lauren. You, you, are, you should know that about yourself, that you're an awesome person and you have come. So far, and I know you're just, it's not even, like, you haven't even really, like, what is that thing that they say? Put a crack in the ceiling. Whatever they say. You haven't even reached 
like to like your full, you know, capacity of what it is that you can do. Cause I've been seeing the, you know, the things that the content that you've been putting out lately. Yeah. So just get ready for what's to come. Girl, I received that and I'm, I'm going to reflect on that when we get off. Seriously. I appreciate you so much. Um, yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> so with that said, can't close this thing out until I ask you, what is your number one piece of advice for the modern hustler? For, we said for the modern hustler? Correct. I love that. <laughs> um, I say this every time. I don't care who I'm talking to, students or adults. Always remain a student. Okay? Never think that you know everything. If you are not learning at least one thing new, Every day you need to reevaluate your life. You should be learning something new every day, whether it's about yourself, about someone else, about, I don't know, information that is to come. There are new things that are happening every day. And there should be never a time where you just think that you know everything. I've been doing this almost 11 years, and I'm always finding out uh, new and creative ways of how to pitch my clients, um, whether it's a new time that I should be pitching or something else that I should be adding into a pitch, right? Or just different ways to, you know, to just network. So always remain a student and always stay true to your craft and always want to be um, investing into your craft. And I'm not always talking about money. I'm talking about time. How much time do you actually invest in yourself? Mm-hmm. Are you reading? Whether that's a digital book, a hard book, are you watching documentaries, right? What are you feeding yourself? What's that? What's that? What's that food that you're feeding yourself? The knowledge that you're feeding yourself. I love so, it. Yeah. That's it. Tell everybody where they can keep <laughs> up with you. Yeah, so you can follow me at Candace Nicole PR, and that is Candace with an I. Um, and I said, like, literally everything is Candace Nicole PR. If you say you cannot find me, it's because you did not type it incorrectly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Candace Nicole PR with an I. Thank you again so much. Candace Nicole, please look her up. She can help out anybody that has something of quality. Like, don't come at her if you, if you want to be at <laughs> But if you're ready to work for real, she's going to get you together. <laughs> I, I appreciate that disclaimer, though. You know? Girl, I ain't even going to waste your time. Don't, don't come at her if you ain't got a budget and you ain't ready. But, <laughs> but you can tune in every single Tuesday on SoundCloud, SoundCloud backslash Put Yourself on Podcast, iTunes, Google Play, everywhere that you can listen to music, you can find this podcast, as well, of course, as thebobbypin.com. You can also shop to put yourself on Supply Closet and keep picking up these gems, man. I'm putting you on game so that you can get your hustle on and be successful like, you know, my girl Candace Nicole, all right? (laughs)